Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brett Bowen and myself take questions that have been sent in by you, the listener. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by my friends... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Yes, and uh, this is our... This is our big anniversary. You know, everyone celebrates the even-numbered things. It's easy. Everyone celebrates 100, 150, 200. Mm -hmm. We are celebrating episode 205. Yes. (laughs) This is the big one. 200 came and went without us mentioning. Yeah, without us even even, uh, mentioning at all. But, yeah, it's a big deal Mm -hmm. for us. We're, We're four years into this podcast uh, 204 episodes wow. deep at this point. This is episode That's 205. Amazing. And that doesn't count some of our extra Well, yeah, episodes. so I think we've done 10 bonus episodes uh, plus all of the Reformation Conference things. So you've probably, if you're a faithful listener, one, I question your sanity at this point in time, but you, we're probably at like 225 or something right. like that. Uh, but yeah, it's... Welcome to the people that have been binging the whole <laughs> string of them. To... Uh, and, and to the individual who contacted us and she said she listened to the podcast podcast from beginning to end in two weeks. I'm just, I'm super <laughs> impressed by that. I, 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 I can't even, I, I like super impressed. My response to that is the same response Ron Burgundy had to his dog when he ate a whole wheel of cheese. There's <laughs> 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 no other way I can think about it than that. It's like, that's, that's dedication. You are more dedicated to our podcast than we are. <laughs> so yeah, so thank you all for your yes. feedback, uh, for writing us questions, for interacting with us, for putting up with with our bad humor mm-hmm. and off-key singing and everything else that we have. That. Um, yeah. And just just to be clear, there's only one person who has attempted to sing on air. Just you just want to say that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shut your face, Ricky. Shut <laughs> yeah, your face. right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so we want to take a break, acknowledge uh, yep. some of our faithful listeners. Yes. Uh, I mean, we've grown more from this podcast than anyone else has, mm-hmm. first of all. But uh, every once in a while, we take time to get Q&As for, yep. for people who have you know, yep. fired off questions we don't address. So we've got a couple of questions, and we've got a couple of announcements to make. So mm-hmm. uh, that being said, uh, and now that I think I've offended every corner of our base in the last two episodes, <laughs> uh, what's yeah. our first question, Brett? Yeah, good. So we, we sent out a, a call for questions a little while ago. We got some via email and some on social media. So the first one's from Dana, and Dana writes, could you speak to whether we are still made in the image of God? I had always understood that to be the case, knowing the image of God, image was blurred by the fall. But recently I was taught that we lost the image with the fall and are no longer made in the image of God. Is that the typical Lutheran interpretation? Thanks. I love your podcast and learn so much. All right. Thanks, Dana. May I just say no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a problem when you ask a yes or no okay? question. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not the typical Lutheran interpretation. Uh, Brian's yeah. got a much longer answer to this, but really mm-hmm. one of the very first places we can go as Lutherans to answer this question is Article 1 of the Formula of Concord, because this is uh, not quite the flavor of Dana's question, but this has been a big theological topic in the early Lutheran church, and, and it made it into the formula. Uh, what happened is you had a, a an 
orthodox or a previously orthodox Lutheran teacher by the name of Matthias Flacius. Mm. Uh, was Say that three times fast. Matthias Flacius, Matthias Flacius, Matthias Flacius. <laughs> Might not be able to sing, but I can do tongue twisters. There we go. Uh, Sweet. Uh, Flacius was a guy who was so committed to talking about the depravity of original sin in response to the Pelagians and the semi-Pelagians and the Roman Catholic Church and, and others he was coming in contrast with. And remember, just to qualify here, the, the difference between the Roman Catholic view of original sin and the Lutheran view of original sin, they're almost identical. The difference is that Roman Catholics do not view a desire to sin as sinful. Hmm. And so uh, concupiscence. concupiscence, right? So in, in the Roman Catholic Church, concupiscence is not sinful in and of itself. Only the act of sinning is sinful. In the Lutheran Church, even the desire to sin is sinful, Yeah. right? Yep. Uh, and so Flacius uh, wanted to, uh, you know, communicate the depth of original sin. And so what he ended up teaching is that the essence of humanity is original sin. Uh, the problem with that, the problems are manifold, but the big problem with that is that if humans are in their nature, in their essence, hu- uh, uh, sinful, that makes God the creator and origin or originator of sin, and that you run into huge theological problems. Yes, you do. That ties itself back to Dana's question because it answers the question, are we created in the image of God and have we lost the image of God? The answer to the, both of those questions is yes. We are created in the image of God because of the taint of original sin. We have lost the image of God. It it is so tainted and corrupted that you can't find it. But then, Brian, here, you had your research Mm -hmm. up to kind of round it out. I do really appreciate her language. Yes. Blurred. And that's a really good way to understand it. And you should continue to understand it that way, in my opinion, because I use the term distorted. You know, because now that we are sin infected, mm-hmm. we are still made in the image of God, but it has become distorted until salvation comes into play. There's a couple of verses that kind of show us this as God continually brings to completion that which he starts in our heart. Colossians chapter 2, after, after he talks about nailing uh, the legal demands of the law, setting us free through the cross of Christ, and we are alive in Christ, those who are dead in our trespasses, turns the corner into chapter 3 into this picture of putting off and putting on. And here it is in verse 8 of chapter 3 of Colossians. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And so there's an aspect where it's being restored as we continue our walk of faith with Christ, but he will bring it to completion at his second coming when mm-hmm. we get our new glorified body, when we will be sinless at that mm-hmm. point. Second Corinthians chapter 3 also talks about it, and it never says that it was lost. It's being restored into what was, it was intended to be. And so in a, in a sense, we're, we're becoming what we already are in Christ. Yeah. And I love that kind of mind twister yeah. because it's really a good picture of That's it. That's right. In verse 17 of Second Corinthians chapter 3, now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And so it is it is distorted, blurred, um, 
I probably would, would be, I probably wouldn't use the word lost. Uh, I would just say distorted. I like the word blurred. I might actually hmm. incorporate that, that in there. Yeah. yeah. And because uh, even that whole idea of veiled mm-hmm. that's flushed out in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 kind of ties into that. You know, yep. we with unveiled face, um, <clears throat> you know, when we turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. Mm-hmm. You know, and that blurred image is is then revealed as to what it was supposed to be, and then we continue to embrace that process of God molding into that by one degree of glory to another. Yep. I think the reason I use lost and I'm willing to use lost is it communicates the idea that you're not going to find the part of you that is still the image of God. Yeah. And and I think there's just so much danger. Uh the problem we're seeing in American Christianity, in society at large, is we've lost the concept altogether of original sin. And, and you'll have actual theologians talk about, you know, the original blessing is the term used. It's, it's in the liberal wing of Christianity where, uh, you know, it's only our actions mm-hmm. and, and maybe even unfairly where you fall on this scale of wokeness, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the zeitgeist of the day might say, is is the level of your sinfulness. And we're not permitted uh, by Scripture to talk about sin on this sliding scale, because eventually what happens is sin becomes a term of comparison instead of a term of reality. Mm-hmm. And, and when we talk about sin in modern society, we're always talking about more or less sinful than the other guy. You know, like, and it used to be, it's no longer the case now, mostly because people, anyone who's under 30 has no idea who Charles Manson is anymore. Mm. But, but the, you know, it's like, well, are you a sinner? And, and one of the knee jerk responses, well, I'm not Charles Manson, you know, mm. kind of one of those things. And that, that's not how scripture speaks about it. That's either that Roman Catholic reflex to have mortal and venial sins, right. or it's the, uh, uh, on, on a different spectrum, it's that, you know, it's again, how woke are you? How attuned are you to whatever uh, righteousness is defined as in the moment? Mm-hmm. And, and what we've seen, especially in the last 10 years, is that righteousness as a term has evolved at a breakneck pace. You know, you, you have people who were entirely woke until 45 seconds ago when someone else defined, uh, what was that term Amy Coney Barrett used uh, during her confirmation trials? Oh, yeah. Uh, that they decided on the fly was a racist term and it just it was it was sexual ra- orient or preference or, uh, or choice? Uh, yeah, sexual orientation. Yeah. That yeah. was offensive. And 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 it, it it happened at such a speed that just minutes after she said it, and the controversy blew up online. Online dictionaries were altering their <laughs> definitions to reflect that it was offensive. Yeah. If we are treating sin in that way, there's always this implicit lie that there is some sort of goodness in us that's recoverable. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I use the term that it's lost. It's mm-hmm. not lost as if God is no longer the originator uh, or the creator of humankind. It's lost in that it's not recoverable mm-hmm. apart from Christ's blood. In right. the sense of salvation, yes, but there's that 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 inner ache uh, that there's something bigger than yeah, ourselves. And- almost like a the the in all of this conversation, every eternal every soul is an eternal. Uh, it's a 
God, God, I don't know how I'm... There's a God-shaped I'm, hole? Is no, that where you're going don't with say that? that. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying it, the, the preciousness and the value of every yep. human being is still part of this discussion. Well, and, and, and that's the other thing. Without uh, this concept, you mm-hmm. lose any sense of the dignity of human life yeah. apart from our earned and acquired value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we don't want to go down that path either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, I think what's worthy in highlighting what you talked about, Brian, and it really captures it nicely, is this is one area, the image of God, where we can freely and directly talk about the already but not yet nature of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, good, uh, good. In your baptism, in your salvation, you have completely recovered the image of God because you've been clothed with the image of God. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, right? Yeah. God looks at you because of your baptism. He sees Jesus. At the same time, we in our person are being conformed to the image of God day by day as the spirit works on us through the word of God. Again, that's not in a sliding spectrum sort of way. That's in us maturing in our understanding and confession of the gospel, learning to live in our vocation. Vocation. Got it right there. Uh, all, of, <laughs> all of that, how it works itself out. Yes. And And so, you know, it's, Labeling a complex topic with just one term ends up, you know, unless it's a definition like Trinity, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you run into things because we need to leave room for nuance. Yeah. And I think that's the answer to Dana's question. Yeah. So go back to what you were thinking before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then no, yeah. that is not typical Lutheran understanding unless you explain it exactly like Jason. <laughs> <laughs> or or even better, yeah, take some time, read both the epitome and the solid declaration of Article 1 of the Formula of Concord. It will be an immensely helpful discussion for you, Dana, if mm-hmm. you haven't done it already. Uh, I can't highly recommend the formula enough yeah. a, as it flows out of the rest of the Book of Concord. Yep. It, it just really helps explain yep. things that have been established by both the Catechism and the Augsburg Confession. Good. Yep. Good. Excellent. Good question. All right. Well, should we go to the next question? Yeah, let's briefly or, answer the next question. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. It's yeah, very right. controversial, but we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Keith writes, should we be substituting grape juice for wine in communion? So we're going to qualify this right away before I explain the answer, is that the Lutheran Church is by and large divided on this question. Uh, Most of conservative Lutheranism, I would imagine, falls on the side of wine only. Uh, And the the argument for that uh, is that we know exactly what was in Jesus' cup when he instituted the Lord's Supper because it was during a Passover Seder meal and they had wine there. We also know it wasn't grape juice because grape juice hadn't been invented and wouldn't Mr. be invented Welch until or, the yeah, 1700s, right? right? Yep. That being said, there is a clause that gives some of us pause, and I am mm-hmm. included among that, is that in the Lord's Supper passages, and I believe especially in the book of Matthew, it might be Luke, hmm. uh, that Jesus tells his disciples, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine again until I come in my kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's what he says. Now, what my argument is, and, and I'm, I'm willing to have pushback, I'm willing to have disagreement on this, but my argument is for the sake of what Jesus had in mind in applying the gospel to as many people as possible, if Jesus said, I will not drink of this wine again, Jesus, you know, there's any number of words in the Greek language he that could would, have used. he yeah. could have used. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this concept I learned about in seminary. I actually wrote 
part of my final paper in seminary on this. Uh, it's this concept of intentional ambiguity. It, 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 when Scripture could have said something, but instead says something else, there's interpretation to be made in that section. And some people call this an argument from silence again, whatever. But let me go outside of the question to explain where we're coming from or where I'm coming from on this and then apply it back to communion, okay? So my final paper uh, was uh, on Jeremiah 1.5. Uh, is uh, Jeremiah's call, and in the last statement, is I have uh, appointed you to be a prophet to the nations, is how it's often um, translated into English. We were looking, and the the word uh, that is actually used in Jeremiah 1.5 is the word natan, which is to gift. And so what God is literally saying is, I have gifted you to be a prophet for the nation. Now, in some sense, you can kind of translate Natan as appointed, but it's not the most common or the most preferred translation in almost every other instance. And so I asked my Hebrew professor at the time, I said, are there other better Hebrew words if Jeremiah, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wanted to communicate that he was appointed to be a prophet? And he's like, oh yeah, two or three, you know? Um, And so what my paper was on, and, and funny now, after being out of seminary, there's parts of my paper I would rewrite because I disagree with some of the conclusions I made. <laughs> but the, it ended up being a study on spiritual gifts. In the it's funny how that happens. Home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> funny that any yeah. of us would mature. Uh, but it was a study on spiritual giftedness in the Old Testament. And my conclusion is, is that if we anticipate the Holy Spirit was working in the Old Testament, he would have been working in exactly the same way he works among the saints in the New Testament. Okay, And it's all because of that concept of intentional ambiguity. When something was said, when something else could could have been said that would have been a more direct way of saying it. Mm. And, and so the reasoning behind this is if Jesus had said, I will not drink again of this oinos, mm-hmm. which is the Greek word for wine. Yeah, probably similar to uh, that passage that where Jesus uses the Greek word porneo. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that's a whole nother. No, but it, yeah. it's the same, that's in the, yeah. it, the, the divorce and remarriage yes, thing, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple of these debates mm-hmm. raging because of the language Jesus uses. Yeah. So, on the one hand, we know that wine is appropriate. On the other hand, uh, an earnest study of Scripture on my part and the part of others would seem to indicate because grape juice is basically the same substance as wine minus the alcohol content, what it does is it lets us serve the sacrament to those who struggle with alcohol. And, and, and to the end that, well, if you put just a drop of alcohol, I have talked to alcoholics. And if they had knowledge yeah. that there was alcohol in it, they, they said you'd be in danger of a complete relapse. Right. Now, the purpose of a sacrament isn't the nature of the element. It's being faithful to God's word and applying God's word. So in baptism, we use water because water is prescribed in baptism. Now, that being said, it doesn't have to be water from the Jordan River. It doesn't matter if it's tap water or distilled water or there's Augustine in some of his writings uh, said, you know, like if you were dying in the desert and, and had someone who wanted to be baptized, you could spit on your hand yeah. and, and <laughs> baptize. It's gross, yeah. but it's that sort of thing. We don't fret with it. Uh, we don't fret with the amount of gluten in the wafers we served as long as it's unleavened bread, really, 
right? And I mean, my congregation serves gluten-free wafers. I know several uh, Lutheran congregations so that people who have a gluten intolerance where they will experience actual literal discomfort uh, will serve gluten-free so people can take it. The same applies. The alcohol isn't necessary to make it a sacrament. The faithfulness to God's word in applying the gospel does. Mm. That's my Good. personal position Good. on it. And, yeah, I'm, and I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Why we do it. Again, there's disagreements among the Lutherans, so we say that, but there is a reason why some of us would say it. Now, I know I've rambled on and on and on and on about this topic, but I will say I have much more of a problem with churches only serving grape juice rather than grape juice and wine. That's just a personal thing with me. I think that's avoiding the subject altogether, and that's a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. I would concur. Yeah. Good. Well, we need to wrap it up here. And, yeah, we'll wrap and, it up uh, in a—it's a, it's a sad sort of thing yeah, that we're wrapping up. I know, Jason, you mentioned that you ha- we have some announcements as yep. we close this episode. Let's get to the big one first, and then we'll kind of talk about the path mm-hmm. forward from here, because yeah. I think that's a natural fit. So, Brian, mm-hmm. the floor is yours. Well, this is my last episode. We'll just rip the bandage off. <laughs> um, it's been kind of a long process. I've been kind of chewing on this as to where God is leading me and and to deal with some certain things. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a sad day. But, um, you know, as one chapter closes, the, the next one opens. And so I'm just looking forward to what God has. It's been an honor to be on this show. And um, I'm not totally being removed. You'll hear my voice in the intro and outro still, you know, and... Uh, and we're going to occasionally have you sing for us, right? No. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah. Not unless you want to torture, you know. That was my son in the background saying he wants to hear me sing <laughs> because he knows it's that bad. Anyway, so, but that's kind of the reality of where we're at. So um, as you guys move forward, I, you know, you've got some exciting things happening. Um, I will still be a part, but I'll be a part kind of from a distance and off mic, kind of how it started. And uh, so kind of returning to to the, to the way it was yeah. in the beginning. So yep. so kind of how it started, but not really how it started, because we started, we tried to have Brian on mic for the first 20 episodes, and he said he didn't want to. And then about once every episode, you would see Brian opening his mouth and trying not to say something, and so we yep. finally convinced him, and your contributions to this... put a mic Your contributions to the podcast have been valuable. Yes, yes. Uh, we've enjoyed having it. Brian will still be producing the podcast in tandem with his son, Eliah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Rickies will still be... Uh, doing the uh, administrative overhead on all this. We'll be still in uh, in studio mm-hmm. at ZSEA Productions. Yes. <laughs> uh, or how do you pronounce it? Zay? Say. Say. Um, nice. But, but yeah, we're going to lose your voice. Um, yeah. Brett and I, for our part, are <laughs> contemplating what to do about that third voice. Yeah. Uh, we think it's necessary, but we don't know exactly how we're going to handle it yet. Uh, but there are this is this is not by any means the end of the Being Lutheran podcast. We're still going to be going forward. Yeah. We're getting ready. Uh, we're working on a sponsorship deal mm-hmm. uh, where we will have a sponsor of the podcast, which in turn will help take care of a couple other things. It'll help take care of uh, of website. Mm-hmm. things yes. and of of paying the studio mm-hmm. uh, for for time and talent but the other thing is we are we are inching painfully <laughs> Inching closer to having being Lutheran merchandise. Merch, yeah, and that's one yes. of the questions that was yeah. given. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where can I get your merch? Jay Christian says. Yeah, yeah. we we have uh, we have designs mm-hmm. in our email inboxes for both mugs, t-shirts, and sweatshirts, mm-hmm. and we're working on that. We're working on a platform mm-hmm. to make it available, yeah. uh, and we're 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 kind of 
tossing about merchandising options at this yep. point if we want to have a stock or if we're going to have it be on demand online ordering uh, but it's coming mm-hmm. and it really uh, the only reason we bring this up is to say thank you that there's such a demand yeah. for yeah. people to have being I mean really there's a demand for being Lutheran merchandise mm-hmm. and that blows me away yeah. we're that, so honored that you know, people would want that we're mm-hmm. we're averaging right now by the best metrics freely available to us, which is all I know how to do, about 1,600 streams a week, which is, you know, we're still small potatoes Mm -hmm. in in the podcast world, but we've only ever had this spread by word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And you guys are doing way more work on making this podcast popular than we are. Uh, and to the to the extent that people want to have a Being Lutheran coffee mug on their desk or strut around at the hardware store with a Being Lutheran hoodie, uh, that just blows me away. Uh, so it it's coming. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know when it's coming, but hopefully in the next couple of months you'll see a post on our social media accounts mm-hmm. and links on our website yeah. uh, to yep. uh, that merchandise. Yep. So that's it. There yeah. we go. And Brian, you know, thank you for being yeah. part of this. I mean, we're... We're truly gonna miss your voice, and uh, you know, part of the of of this is just our our friendship. You know, being mm-hmm. the three of us in seminary and seminary friends going back that far, and and uh, you don't hear the on on air, but the, just the conversations that we have in between recording and mm-hmm. and just the fellowship that we have that that's that's really special. And so that plus just the being part of of the the voice of this podcast that's been such a blessing so we we wish you the best in in the future and and um thank you thank you well i should be saying thank you to you guys it's been an honor and a privilege Mm -hmm. and we're still going to be doing stuff together and still working side by side and just look a little bit different than it has so great well, with that, I guess for the final time. <laughs> for the final time, Brian will be singing Friends uh, or Friends Forever. <laughs> <laughs> right now. I wish I had a guitar. i just play the initial chord. If you could just see the disdain on my face, uh, you would know how I feel about that song. Yep. <laughs> However, here we go. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and every sin that clings so closely And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join in next week as Pastor Jason and Pastor Brett continue their discussion through the Oxford Confession. God bless you and have a great week.